Well, who knows? We got so much to be thankful for. Come on, we're living in great times. Even just Friday, just been. Come on, we saw 254 young people respond to the gospel. We're living in some of the greatest days we've seen yet. But I know there's so much more in store of what God wants to do. And as I stop and look at what God's done up until this moment, it just gets me excited about what's to come for us as a church, as individuals, as, as a movement. And come on, in this moment, why don't you just lift your hands towards God? Lord, we give you thanks, Jesus. Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor for everything you've done. Lord, for every life you've touched, for our lives that you've touched, Jesus. Lord, we pray even in this moment, God, just tonight you'd move us a little closer to you. Lord, you teach us just a little bit more how to live this life in a way that glorifies you just a little more. Tonight, as we turn to your word, Lord, I pray let there be an authority, but God, let it just minister to our hearts tonight. Jesus, I pray you'd help me, would help these guys sit through this time with me, and you'd help the Vodafone Warriors in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, can we give God a clap of praise? Come in Jesus' name. Hey, why don't you grab a seat? Can we give up for the team? Come on, do an incredible job. All right, wrong microphone. Thanks, Ben. All right, but can we, can we give it up for Darby? I found out today Darby knows how to do a backflip. I don't know if he just ran off. Who wants to see Darby do a backflip? You got to give the people what they want, Darby. You, you going to do it? I should have filled out the Rams forms for this so you're good. All right. Let's go. Hey! All right, if we had time, I'd do it, but we don't. So I better get into this. But hey, as, a, as a church, as, as a youth ministry, you know, Friday night for us was, was a miracle, really. It started last year, just to give you a bit of kind of context on what, what, what God's doing right now. Started last year, we, we were standing in the uprising at the, at the beginning, so that was the beginning of last year. We had about 210 young people in the room and about 30 responses to the gospel, which is incredible, which we value. But just to think in a little under two years' time, we're now seeing more young people respond to Jesus than we used to have showing up. That, 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 that uprising, the move of God that, that was happening on that night is, is just phenomenal. And I, I want to thank every person that gives, every person that invests, everyone that gives time. But you as a church, for being a church that supports the move of God amongst a younger generation. I wholeheartedly want to just thank you for being a church that's, that's willing to put ourselves out there so we could see just a younger wave of people come through. And so from the outset, I just want to say thank you, church. Thank you for what you give. Thank you for what you do. But thank you for enabling us on to see more young people come to know Jesus. But on the back of on Uprising Night, we saw 254 uh, respond to Jesus. But, but one of the, the greatest miracles to me leading up to, to last Friday night is what happened in the week heading into it. As you know, we're on the road uh, as the Revolution Tour right now. If you don't know, that's what we're doing right now. Uh, and we're going into schools. But last week, before Friday had even started, before doors had already 
open. We had seen 92 young people led to Jesus and high school environments and lunch times and programs. That, that 92 young people led to Christ. Not through, a, not through a setting like this, but, but out of, and really at the end of the day, just simply out of the belief and the faith of the young people we have in our community. Brave enough and bold enough to believe that actually I don't really need to wait till Friday. Like the gospel's bigger than a Friday. Like the gospel works outside of lights and music and a microphone. Like the gospel works outside of that stool. Outside, like there's no keyboard but the gospel still works. And, and, and really, uh, leading, uh, I was sitting there on, on, on Friday night, uh, even before the doors opened, and just amazed at what God had done. You know, Ben went into Selwyn College, out East Auckland. Let's go team. But what, what happened, at a lunchtime, our young people in that school had gathered over 60 young people in a room. And 34 of them responded to the gospel right there. Right, no keyboard, but people responding to the gospel. Out of the simple bravery of some young people to put themselves out there. And I, was, I remember I was like reflecting on this, and I was, I was just thinking, I was never that brave. I was never that brave. And I'm so inspired by these, these young people who are brave enough to do what I never could do. But that's why they're seeing what I never saw. They're brave enough to do what I couldn't do, so they're seeing results that I never saw. And I, I was just moved, but it was uh, after the uprising on, on Friday night, um, great night, close to a thousand young people in the room, and a whole bunch of them responding to the gospel. And so straight afterwards, me and Ben went to Denny's, um, just because that's legit, that just makes sense. Uh, <laughs> so what do we do now? We go to Denny's. And so we're, we're sitting in Denny's and uh, we were talking. And really, because what happens at a, a general standard uh, lunchtime program in a school is someone will turn up with a whole lot of pizza, friends will gather their friend around, we tell them what the gospel is, and they respond to Jesus. And, and we were sitting there like talking on, on a Friday night. We're like, this just. It just seems a little simple. Like, it just, it just all seems a little, almost easy. Like, it just, like, pizza. <laughs> like Domino's is supporting this move of God right now. Thank you, Domino's. If they change their value meal prices, I don't know what we're going to do. But, but we, got, we got $5 pizzas. We got young people brave enough to invite their friends at, and host a gathering at lunchtime. And then we got the gospel. Just so simple. And we're like, 92 young people turn to Jesus because of dominoes, a few brave people, and someone willing to share the gospel. And we're just sitting there like, this, this, almost, this almost seems a little simple. And then when I, I get to thinking about God and Jesus, and, 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 and on one side of it, there is this whole complex thing like the book of Revelations and just complexity and beasts and I don't know what's going on. The wrong preacher for that kind of topic. <laughs> I go on the other side of the spectrum. It's, there's this incredible simplicity to what it is God has called us to do. There's just this incredible simplicity that Jesus laid out, just love people and share good news. Like I think sometimes we like to make it complicated 
Because then it makes us feel good about not really engaging with it sometimes, I think. Like for me, it's like, well, I don't really know what to do, so I won't do anything. But, but, but I love the fact that Jesus really just made it so simple. When you wake up in the morning, dedicate that day to loving people and sharing good news. And, and I'm just blown away by young people. It's just like, it's pretty simple. We get text message, I got a classroom, I got some friends, can you bring some pizza? That's pretty simple, but there's simplicity to it, has so much effectiveness to it. And I wonder when it comes to the gospel, what our church would look like, what my life would look like, if I just got a little bit more simpler with this thing. If I just got a little bit more simpler and just went, you know what? I know there's great destiny, I know there's things in the future, I know there's some day Jesus is going to come on a cloud somehow and stuff's going to happen and stuff's going to happen. But for now, it's pretty simple. When I wake up in the morning, whoever I rub shoulders with, show them love. And when the opportunity presents themselves, tell them what Jesus did. I wonder what our city would look like if a group of people committed to that. I wonder what would happen in our families if we just committed to that. When I wake up in the morning, whoever I, I lock eyes with, just show them a little love. Maybe when I go to work, I might smile this morning, even though it's Monday morning. And the barista mucked up my coffee, but that's all right, we'll get through. Even though it hurts, <laughs> I'm going to smile. But I wonder what would happen if, if we just took a little bit of the complex thinking out of it and just actually looked at what Jesus, in fact, Pharisees and teachers of the law would come to Jesus trying to trap him in his teaching, trying to debate spiritual things. And they would leave frustrated every time because Jesus would land on such a simple idea. All this complexity, he goes, everything's kind of wrapped up, just love God and love people. When they were trying to justify their spiritual status by what they knew, Jesus was just like, hey, hey, yeah, cool. But just start with loving God and loving people. And, I, and God's really been talking to me in my heart to say when it comes to our faith, I believe some of us, we just got to come back to, yeah, there's a destiny, there's stuff in the future. But at some point, you just kind of got to come back to the simple truth that why we're on earth, we're here to love people and share good news. Share good news. If all I dedicated my life to was simply that, then that would be enough. I remember the first time, the first time I ever led somebody in the gospel, like not in a microphone, but like led somebody in the gospel. When I was about 18 years old, I just uh, joined a church, which is Thames Apostolic Center, uh, which is now Cooper's Thames. Uh, and a lot easier name to say, sort of. Uh, and... <laughs> I just joined the church, and the lady who was running the youth ministry down there at the time came up to me and just says, hey, I need a driver. This, this guy's got some friends they want to bring to this event. Can you help drive? And 18, it, I was 18 years old, so 10 years later, I'm still driving youth. <laughs> so I got sucked in. Uh, so if you're not doing anything next Friday, if you want to drive a van, uh, we got young people that need to be picked up. Uh, but that's how it all started for me. A lady came up to me and said, hey, do you, do you, want, do you just want to drive? And I'm like, yeah, it's not really, but yeah, okay, I'll do it. And uh, will you pay for my gas? No, okay, cool. Jesus, reward in heaven. Uh, and, and so I, I go around to this guy. I, I, had a, I had a ute, and they jumped in the ute. Uh, and we go to this event, and this event's kind of cool. 
kind of. And uh, the person's sharing, and it's, it's all right. But to be honest, it was quite confusing. Like, I knew the gospel, and I was like, really? <laughs> it was, uh, I knew what the gospel was, I knew what Jesus did. And it was just youth men. And, and so we get in the car, these boys, they'd never been in church. A guy, a mate had invited three friends. And, and, and so I took them to this van, they were a bit confused, and we were driving home. And uh, for me, at, at, at the time, I was driving home. And then while I was driving home, I don't know what happened, uh, but something in my heart just went, man, I, I don't want to drop these kids off without them actually knowing what Jesus did. Like, just something stirred in me. Uh, I never shared the gospel really with anyone uh, at, at a significant level. And so uh, something in my heart just said, I've got I to gotta let these kids know because that is not clear to them. And so just before they, uh, we get home, I pull the car over. It was probably a little weird thinking back. Um, but in the time, it was seen normal. Uh, and I remember just turning around to the three guys in the back who, who, who were new to this whole thing. And I said, hey, do you, do you know what they were talking about? They're like, you yeah, know, not really. And I'm like, look, here's the deal. We're born into a fallen world. We all make mistakes. The good news is Jesus came and died on the cross. So whatever mistakes we've made, uh, Jesus died for that. So if we just confess our sin to him and ask him to come live in us, we can start a relationship. But the great thing is, once we start that relationship, he, he then leads us to live the life he always designed us to lead. And I was like, like do you want the gospel? Like, I didn't. I wasn't smooth because uh, I hadn't done it before. So I was like, do you want to know Jesus? And I was like... Yeah, 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 cool. And right there, I just lead the three boys uh, to, to Christ. They're sitting in the, in the ute of my car. I pushed the McDonald's off the seat. They were sitting there and just led them to, to Jesus right in that moment. And, and it stirred my heart uh, really in that moment to go, man, this, this God thing, although it has so much depth to it, also has such simplicity to it. And if believers just got hold of some of the simple truths, not just at a knowledge, but actually in a belief that outworks through our life, I wonder how many more people would come to know Jesus. They're just sitting in a ute, led three boys to Jesus. And that's when I was like, man, this thing works. Like, just get rid of the lights and just talk to people about Jesus. It works. Like, no, I didn't put, like, the CD in with the, like, keyboard track. No, let me tell you about Jesus. Close your eyes. Put your hand up. No, I just, like, look me in the eyes. Do you want to know Jesus? I just went to each one of them. You want to know Jesus? Like, you, you want? No, I don't force it on them. But <laughs> But in that moment, the simplicity of the good news. And I, I really stirred right now in my spirit to go, I believe that each one of us could go a little further for Jesus if we just tapped into the simplicity of God, the simplicity of what God is doing. If, 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 yes, I know great things are coming, and, and yes, I know Jesus returning, and yes, I know there's great things in heaven, and, and yes, I know all of that, and I know life is busy, and I know... Pressure's coming on, and I've got a breakthrough in this area, and I need this in this area, and I need more faith over here, and I need more prayer over there, and I've got to get the connect group, and now team night's in gladding place. Oh, my gosh, I've got to go out there now, and, and, and all this kind of stuff's going on. And I think with the busyness of life, we forget just some of the simple truths. Then when I wake up on Monday morning, I'm just there to love those who God puts around me. And when the opportunity presents itself, I would take it to share the good news. Friend, when was the last time you shared the good news to somebody? 
That's the, oh, you want to venture in your life? Share the good news. You want, you want this walk of faith to come alive? Commit yourself to loving some people. You'll, you'll be amazed at what God does to it. And there's something incredible about somebody who knows just how to seize today. That just knows how to take hold of today. At the end of the day, I don't have tomorrow right now. All I've got right now is today. And I wonder in the morning when you wake up before you go off to work, if you get asked yourself the question, just all I've got today right now is what's in front of me, who's around me, and God, what would you have me do? Imagine before you walked out of the door, you said that. God, all I've got today is the people you bring by my path and the ones you bring by my path. God, show me how to love them. The ones that really annoy me, help me to love them. And Jesus, give me opportunity to share your good news. I've come to realize this. Those who look for opportunity, find it. Those who look for it, find it. Those who go after it, discover it. And there's something great about people that know how to take hold of today. This moment, right here. And, and, and I, I like futuristic is like one of my top strengths. So I love the future. I'm all about, I'll, sit, I'll sit around and talk about what could happen all day long. I love that. <laughs> There's a moment when sometimes I've got to bring it back to today and here and now and who. and what's, it's, it's, what's the Sophia influence God has you in right now? Yes, I know there's promises coming for you. Yes, I know there's greater things in store for you. I get that. I believe that. But right now, what's the Sophia of influence God has you in? Right now, what's the opportunity as God put back in front of you? But I believe that the future is exciting. And but I'd say when it comes to the promises and the fulfillment of, of God's future for my life and the fulfillment of, of, of God's promises for my life, I'd say today plays a bigger role in the fulfillment of my future than I realize. I'd challenge to say that I believe what I do today affects what I do tomorrow more than I realize. I believe when it comes to the promises God has in store for you, sometimes we've got to open our eyes and realize today plays a big role in what tomorrow looks like. How you tackle today will determine how you start tomorrow. And there's a scripture. We better get to the Bible because that's what you do when you preach. And there's a scripture in Joshua 3 verse 5, and it says this. And that what happened right now is the Israelites, for those who don't know the story, the Israelites are right on the edge of stepping into a land that has been promised to them for years upon years. They've been waiting and wondering for years upon years. And the word comes to Joshua that they're about to go in. But in Joshua 3 verse 5, it says, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do Tomorrow the Lord will not might do, not hopefully, not let's pray that he will, but tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things amongst you. One thing that always have drawn me to the life of Joshua is a firm belief that God is going to do something great. I'm a firm believer that God's not just got, might have stuff in my future that's going to be good. No, I'm a firm believer. I live by it. I hold on to it. I meditate on this fact that God will do great things in my future. And there's something of a godly confidence that, that, that comes upon you when you can get that in your spirit. I, I, I don't know how you perceive your future right now, but know this, God will do great things. 
God will do great things amongst you. Going at school, when you start school, you're year nine, obviously. Um, some of us are like second year, year nine. But when you start school, you're generally year nine. Uh, and when I started out, um, I, I had a friend who, like February, March was like cross-country season for us where we were. And uh, I, I'm, I'm like not bad at long distance. I suck at sprinting. And so if I'm going to rate myself, we, we, I'm going long distance. Anyway, I had a mate who was like, like just crazy when it came to running. But, but the, when you're year nine, you look at year 13s like they're growing men. Like, like, they got like facial hair, you know, like, like when you're year nine, year 13s look like adults, they like drive cars and stuff. Uh, and so I remember as year nine, uh, cross country had started and the year nines would go first uh, and, and do, but my, this guy went by the name of Aaron, he, it, we were lining up, we were year nines, and he walks up to all the year 13s, like these growing men in our eyes, and looks at them and goes, I'm going to beat you all. I was like, no, I don't know him. <laughs> I'm good. But I was a little high. I was like, I'm good. Because I was, yeah, no. And he looks at them and says, like, I'm going to beat them all. And I like pull them over. I'm like, bro, you don't say that. Like, what are you doing? Like, the facial hair. Uh, and he's like, no, I'm going to beat them all. And then the, the thing goes and everyone runs. And he bit them all. <laughs> I was like. Oh, dude, you weren't kidding around. And afterwards, I was like, bro, that was crazy. He's like, I've been practicing all summer for that moment. That wasn't just like a, I might today wake up and decide to do something great. That was a, I determined to do something great. So I spent all summer getting ready for it. He, he had it in his heart. When I turn up to school, I'm going to be the best runner at that place. From year 9 to year 30, no one's ever going to beat me. I was like, I really don't care that much about running. Uh, but he was like, that's what I'm going to do. So he spent all summer getting ready because he was determined to do something great. I've come to realize those who do great things are those who are determined to do it. Not those who are entertained by the idea of it. Or this soul's a little tickled by the oh yeah, that would be cool. But those that do something great are those that are determined to do it. What are you determined to do with your life? What are you determined to see God do through you? Joshua looks at the Israelites and goes, God will do great things through my life. God will do great things. So, but this is what gets me, is he heard God about what was to come. And I do really feel like some of you, you need to hear that God will do great things for you. You just need to believe God in that. Joshua got sent into the land 40 years earlier to spy it out with 11 other guys. It was only him and one other that came back and believed God could do it. 40 years, he never lost the confidence that God's going to do this. 40 years he didn't see it happen, but 40 years later, the, 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 the praise report card on his heart was, God's going to do something great for me tomorrow. It was just this inability to trust in God. Friend, when you look at your future, what do you see God doing? Because what you see God doing will determine how you act today. Not what you hope God will do, but what you actually believe. There's a study done. Uh, I looked up studies. That's right, I'm smart. I looked at a pile of studies. 
There is a study done. Uh, I, uh, as, uh, what, what, how, what causes, how do people perceive their future? And the really the most common thing I come to realize is we perceive our future based on our past. Like we, we, we subconsciously project tomorrow based on what we know it's going to be like. And, and this is a lot easier to see in short-term, like short-term circumstances. So like if I was to ask you, what's tomorrow like for you? So I'm, yeah, wake up, third snooze button, <laughs> get there, shower, breakfast, grab a moment with God, work, meeting, meeting, hang out, go home, have dinner, meeting. I was like, I can predict my Monday pretty good, actually. I didn't even need to think about it. Subconsciously, I know what tomorrow's going to be like. Why? Because I've experienced Mondays a couple times before. I've experienced Mondays a couple times. And I've come to realize when it's short and it's familiar, it's just, but the danger in that is we just wake up tomorrow and it's just like, oh yeah, here's Monday again. It's like last Monday. I just did stuff. But somebody who's able to, for a moment, just stop and go, what should Monday be like? Not what is Monday going to be like, but stop and go, actually, on Sunday, I determined God's going to do something great with my life. God's going to turn up in great ways. On on Sunday, I determined that, and I understand that God is in my future, and God is going to do great things. So what should Monday look like? What should it look like? And there's a study done that says most of us, but that's the, that's the importance on why we need to ensure that we allow our past to find healing in God. And, and that's why I love how Jesus words what he did for us. The old is gone, the new has come. That you are born again the moment you meet Jesus. So in a biblical way of thinking, when I look back at my past, it should all start with the cross. When I look back, what do I see? I see Jesus coming through for me. When I look back, what do I, I just see a, a God that loved me so much, he died for me. So when I look forward, what do I see? A God that's going to come through for me. A God that's never going to abandon me. A God, but, the, but the danger is some of our thinking, we, we go back beyond that. We go back. We go back a little too far. And our subconscious, and we remember the upbringing, we remember the hurt, we remember the stakes. And, and although we'd, we'd love to dream about a great future, the, the reality of the future we actually hold in our heart isn't one of, of faith. And God, it's just, it's just another Monday. It's just another Monday. But what I love about Joshua in this instant is he heard God at two levels. He heard God at what, what was to come, and he also heard God, and this is why I think he was able to take hold of it, because he heard God, based on what's to come, what should I do today? He was able to answer in his own life, this is where God has me, so what should I do today? He looked at his life and said, today, consecrate yourself. He looked at a future and realized the way we are living is not in a manner that God's able to use us to take us to the promise. We actually need to get ourselves in line for what's to come. And I'd, 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 I'd question to say that, because we talk about this, I'm waiting on the promise. I'd say you're probably not waiting on the promise. The promise is probably waiting on you. 
God was ready 40 years earlier to take them across. <laughs> hey, God wasn't waiting for the promise to get ready. Oh, we just got to wait till those guys get out of there and then I'll bring you in. No, God was waiting for the Israelites to get ready, to get ready. What are you doing today to get ready for what God wants to do tomorrow? What are you doing in your life today to get ready for where God's trying to take you tomorrow? What, what disciplines do you put into your world today so tomorrow you can inherit? So dreams don't remain dreams, but they become realities. I love the fact the start of yard last year, we declared as a youth ministry, one day we could gather a thousand teenagers and see them come to know Jesus. I love last Friday, we saw the dream. Because a group of teenagers decided to say, I don't want to be the generation that talked about it. I want to be the generation that sees it. And so if, if I have to put myself out a little further than I normally would, I'm prepared to do it. Because today it might not make sense, but in light of tomorrow, it makes a whole lot of sense. I remember some of you might have heard this, but at finishing, finishing up school, it can be like a funny time when you're trying, like there's this pressure to like, what are you going to do for the next 80 years of your life? <laughs> it's like, I don't know, stay alive, like, like, yeah. <laughs> like keep breathing, <laughs> like, I, I don't know, like as a 17 year old, it's quite a hard question. Some people got it nailed down. I didn't, um, and I don't recommend that, like if you do know, follow it. Uh, but for me, uh, in the year 13, uh, I, I was in the space of, I kind of knew that I felt like I wanted to, at 16 years old, I decided I'm going to dedicate my life to God. I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know what that was going to be like, but I just knew that. I just knew that much, which is a very, like, when you sit down with the careers advisor, <laughs> it's not a very helpful, like, picture of your future. So what do you want to do? I want to dedicate my life to Jesus. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not working. And I remember, 17 years old, God just spoke to my spirit and said, uh, just said, stay here. He didn't say anything else. It's like, just one step. He didn't even say what job I'm going to get. Just stay here. And I look back on that decision now. I don't have time to tell you the whole story, but I, I can say, oh, I'm so thankful I obeyed a simple instruction that day. Because that simple instruction that day is how I found a Kupas church, is how I got involved doing what we're doing, how I met the people I met, how I met my wife, how, how everything happened is because of a simple obedience one day to follow. No, it didn't make sense, but it made sense, if you got what I mean. It didn't, logically, it didn't make sense for where I was at, for the town I lived in, but for my spirit, it just was like, it made sense. And I really want to push and encourage and lean on the fact is, what is God saying for you to do today? Yeah, I know and I trust that God's got great things in my future, but what does today hold for you? What's God saying for you today? I've come to realize that the walk of Jesus is just a walk of obedience, one step at a time. God doesn't give us the whole plan because then somehow in our own being we'd try and run on without Him or try and do it in our own strength. Or try. So He's like, for your sake, I'm just going to say, Stay here. You do that. And I've come to realize God doesn't give us commandments, doesn't give us instruction for consideration. He gives us instruction for obedience. He gives us instruction for obedience. 
And if you would be obedient today, surely the Lord is going to do a great thing amongst us tomorrow. Friend, what's tomorrow look like for you? Monday morning when you wake up, what is it God's saying? Maybe you're stuck in that job and you know you got there's a dream. You've got to start actioning it. I, I love the, the story of the world, world vision because I think when we look at like helping the, like I believe every Christian wants to make a difference in this world, especially if you're part of Equippers because we, we, we tell you that's what you want to do. You want to make a difference in your world. Uh, <laughs> you're laughing because it's true. Uh, <laughs> And we want to make a difference, but then you look at the news and you just feel do- so disarmed. It's like, yeah, no, I, no, I want to make a difference, but the world is, the world needs a, needs a lot of difference right now. <laughs> and the truth of the matter is, I really can't. I just can't. Like, you might be able to give more than me, but really at the end of the day, it's not going to. And that can be quite a disarming, like disencouraging, disempowering thought. But I... I love what happened in, with World Vision because nowadays having such a big impact. But where it all started was a, a missionary in Asia, sorry, orphan on the side of the street, picked them up, took them into orphanage and said, how much to house them for a month? He said, $5. He said, here's $5. When I go back to America, I'm going to send you $5 a month. It all just started with one person looking out for one kid. He just then rallied some friends to do the same and then rallied some businesses to do the same and then rallied a few more and then now he rallies the world to do the same. But if, it was never, if he never sees that moment right in front of him, he would never be touching the globe today. And there is more power in what's right in front of you right now than you realize. There's more power sitting in front of you to affect change in our world, then sometimes we want to realize. But this is where I want to land tonight if Darbs wants to backflip his way out here. It's a good t-shirt, man. <laughs> Here's the deal. Like a, what I love about Joshua was this bold confidence that the Lord is in his future. So he wasn't phased by what the Lord said he had to do today. What the Lord got them to do today wasn't really like a, just take one step across. It wasn't like a action as much as it was like, hey, you need to change some stuff in the way you're living. And I've been talking a bit about what can you do, but The real other question is, what's God asking you to work on today? What what is it that God's asking you to, maybe maybe in your future you want to be someone that can help a whole lot of people. Maybe today just just work on like liking people. Like that's a good start. Well, maybe today it's, it's just, yeah, t- one day I want to do great. I want to be able to give and resource moves of God. Well, what's, what is God saying to you to start about that? What, your way of money, your thinking, your stewardship. What's God saying today? Maybe don't go out to the cafe tomorrow morning. Just have porridge at home and give that money somewhere else. What's God saying today 
What adjustment is God bringing into your life today? And I believe that the Holy Spirit is such a great teacher and guider and leaner to the todays of God. The todays of God. Come on, what adjustment right now? Maybe there's a sin issue you've just been trying to, you've been too afraid to confront. As I confront it today. So it's not in your future tomorrow. Confront it today. Take hold of it today. So it doesn't show up later on. Maybe there's relational issues. Confront it today. I can tell you this, if you don't, I'm going to be there tomorrow. <laughs> Come on, what is it? But uh, in the last year, I came to a moment when I'm always quite, comp- like, not that, just, I don't know. I, I'm always kind of confident about God coming through for me. I just, I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> just, so, um, I just believe that God's going to come through for me. And I, I pray you get that in your spirit for yourself. In, in most areas. But I remember at the end of last year, there was a moment in a conference I was just standing and attending. And then a guy leading the service gets up and he says this. He just says, there's some people in this room right now and, and, and this fear about future that's crippling you and paralyzing you today because of the fear you hold about what tomorrow has. And I was thinking, God, is there anywhere in my life where I'm paralyzed today because of my belief about tomorrow? And I just touched my heart. I didn't even know it was there. Last year, we, across different youth events, we, we, led a, I led a, we led a thousand young people to Jesus. A miracle of God. And God touched my spirit and said, there's people close to you and you hold a fear that they'll never get saved. And it crippled me. I didn't even realize it. I remember that moment just kind of being hit like with a sledgehammer. Because I pray for these people, but I don't really pray for them like I believe God's going to show up. I kind of pray because I know that's what we should do here. And God just took me on a journey of how much the fear of people in my world, like close to me people, not coming to know Jesus, crippled my faith. And I really felt praying into tonight. I, I do feel like the Holy Spirit, maybe tomorrow morning you want to wake up and just go, Holy Spirit, today, what would you have me adjust? But I believe tonight, I just feel like there's anointing. There's people in this room and there's, there's areas about your future that just get you afraid because of the uncertainty of it. This, Joshua chapter 3 verse 4, if we jump back one scripture, it says this. This is right before they're about to go over. It says, yet there will be a space. He's talking about the Ark of the Covenant that's going to go before them. Yet there'll be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubic meters. Do not come near it, that you may know the way which you will go. For you have not passed this way before. The study also said it's, it's easy to predict your future when the circumstances in front of you are sure. When you're year nine and you ask at year nine, what are you going to do in five years' time? They're going to be like, I'm aiming for year 13. It's pretty, like, I'm pretty confident we're going to get there. It's pretty easy to predict that year nine, what you're going to be doing in five years. Why? Because the situation's familiar. But then every now and again, life throws us into situations where the future isn't familiar. 
And it's when the future isn't familiar, fear can set in. And when fear about your future, that whole reason the Israelites didn't enter is because 10 spies were afraid about the future they perceived. And it crippled them to not be able to act that day. Joshua in this moment says, the ark's going to go before us. Up until this moment, fire and a cloud had led them. He said, we're going into a new way. The presence of God is the only thing I'm putting my trust in. You know, I'm going to follow. I don't trust. I don't know what's coming, but I know God's ahead of me. And I want to say, if you're afraid about the future, maybe it's to do with you, you just feel like some people get crippled by the thought I might be alone for my whole life. That can be a real fear for people. Maybe your job's a bit, maybe you're finishing up uni. I went to uni because I felt God tell me to. So when you start uni, they're like, why are you here? You're like, same issue with the careers advisor at school. <laughs> You're not going to get it because I've got no idea once I finish this degree what God's going to do. But I'm just trying, you know, that when you have to introduce yourself to the class, it's a bit of an interesting way to do it. Really, life is, in my journey so far, I've been in trades, I've been in church, I've been in university, I've been back in the trades. <laughs> I've been, and I, and I really want to say, like, you can trust God. You can just trust God. Whatever the fear is right now, you can trust God. I, 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 what I had to do when it came to these people that were close to my world, I actually had to get on my knees and say, God, I know I've prayed a lot, but I haven't trusted a lot. And I trust you today. I trust you. And, and what that did for my, my faith, I was able to pray prayers I believed. And now I'm able to act and live and talk to people like I believe they could come to know Jesus. And so why don't we all jump to our feet? Tearing up for one of the first times. Jeez, what's... <laughs> I am a man. I'm going to stronger... <laughs> Perhaps you just want to close your eyes. Because I feel like there is some people in this room. and yeah, I talk a lot about what you need to be doing today. But even the thought of your future is the thing that's actually crippling you today. Like there's a dream in your heart to step out and start a business. But the fear of it not working is crippling you from actually stepping out and doing it today. Perhaps the fear of being alone, that's a, that's a real fear for some people. But I can't tell you how it's going to work out and how God's going to make it all happen, but I can tell you this, you can trust God. Because when I look back, I see a God that died on the cross for me, saved me, set me free, and every mistake I've made, He's come through and kept me going. And so I look to my future and go, man, the same God of my past is the same God of my future. And I can trust that God. I can trust that God. So right now while your eyes are closed, friend, if you're in this room and you're just like, you know what, the thought of the future, maybe like me, it's just there's people in your world that you're so scared will never, never come to know Jesus. And it's a crippling, like there's always that level of tension, like, oh, there's just, future's always a little scary and exciting. But I'm talking about like a 
crippling fear. Like it gets your heart when you think about it. That's you. Just Why don't you just lift your hands towards God? I want to pray. Come on, when it comes to the future, it's something you don't want to think about because you're so unsure. God, I pray right now. Lord, for every person with hands lifted high. Lord, we know. Lord, that you know what's in our future. Lord, we know, Lord, that we can trust in you. And God, I even pray right now, Lord, into any area where fear has tried to cripple, Lord, we declare, Lord, that you would release the power of that fear over lives. Lord, people will be able to wake up in the morning and go, I know the Lord has good things in store for me. I know the Lord is with me. I don't know what it is, but I know He's ahead of me. And I'm just going to keep on trusting Him. God, I pray right now, Lord, just security to come on people. Lord, our trust is in a plan. Our trust is in a strategy. Our trust is in the character of who you are. A loving, caring, guiding, compassionate, empowering God. Release fear in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.